All right, every time the Toronto Blue Jays go to Seattle, we talk about all the Canadian fans that come down and take over their ballpark. Uh, it's a running story. Right now, as I uh, look out of the press box at Rogers Center, there's a couple of hundred Seattle Mariners fans over behind the visitors' dugout. There's friends and family as well behind them, all celebrating. And Kevin Barker, I know what I just saw. I saw the Mariners win 10-9. I've got the historical context here for people. The largest comeback win in MLB postseason history by a road team. The largest comeback win in MLB postseason history by a team attempting to clinch a playoff series. And tied for the second largest comeback win in MLB postseason history. Philadelphia Athletics in game four of the 1929 World Series against the Cubs. Came back by eight runs. It's a long time ago. That's odd. Even older than me. What did we just see today? Well, we saw some bad pitching. Yeah, this is the first time in a long time that we can say that the Blue Jays, you know, an 8-1 to lead at home in a playoff game uh, after five innings, you think that's a slam dunk, especially seeing this bullpen with the Blue Jays the way it's been, you know, the last couple of months. I mean, it's been as bad a shutdown as you can get. Just for me, some guys coming out of the bullpen weren't ready to pitch. But I have to wonder, if you're going to push John Snyder in a, in a corner and ask him, if you had to do it over with with, uh, with uh, Santana coming up first and third or a couple of guys on base, do you leave Gosman in with 95 pitches? I'll bet you his answer would be probably so. That, that, that's the one thing for me, the one question mark. Because Tim Mesa came in throwing 91. Good location, but it's 91. It's just funny when he, you know, sort of gave up the three runs, all of a sudden it's 93-94. That's the thing, right? This time of the year in playoff games, facing some good guys that know how to handle the bat a little bit, you flip them around to the other side because they don't have as much power right-handed as they do left-handed. You got to come out with your best stuff, and it just seemed like Mesa didn't do that. And I, I just have to wonder if, John, if you ask him, Behind closed doors, if you had to do it over with, would you left Gosman? And I would think the answer would probably be yes. 416-870-0590, star 591, 888-666-0590, 590-590 is the text line. We are going to be unpacking this thing for weeks. This is the type of loss, given where this team is, that results in major personnel changes i cannot put it any 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 more simply this was a team designed to go on a deep playoff run this was a team that many people thought was good enough to at least go to the alcs this is a catastrophe at least in a sporting in a sporting vein Kevin, you talked about John Schneider and Tim Mesa, and we'll wait to hear the uh, post-game comments from the manager. The decision with Carlos Santana, you're turning him around. You pointed this out at the time. Yes, he's got less power from that side, but he's a better hitter. 
He's hitting what? 265 to 170 something. In that situation, I don't want to make him contact. To me, you forget the power and you, you, you worry about the contact. All he had to do in that situation was make contact. That's the issue, you know, that I have with that. Uh, but you're right. Tim Mesa came in, didn't have it. Jordan Romano came in, and uh, you know, I mean, uh, the the play with Bo and, and George Springer, where George Springer was carted off the cement mixer slider to the number nine hitter, blooped into center field. Hey, give me a break. The Mariners closed this out with a 24-year-old dude who was a starter all year, who was life and death to make the roster. Yeah, Jordan Romano's had a really good year. I mean, I don't think we can argue that, but if you're J.P. Crawford and you're standing over there on the on-deck circle and you see your buddies get 10 out of the 13 pitches or sliders, what are you going to look for? I'm going to look for a slider right down the middle. A slider hasn't been good in a while. When it's good, you can't hit it. When it's not good, you have a chance of making contact, and the whole point with you know, the bases loaded is to not let a guy put a ball in play and – you know, again, the velocity, we, we didn't see the velocity. We didn't see a ton of break on the slider. When you don't see those two kind of things from your closer, Anthony Bass didn't have it. You know, the, the I, I mentioned this on Blair and Barker about getting ahead and putting guys away with two strikes. We didn't see that from Anthony Bass. Uh, you know, we saw the same old thing with Jordan Romano with the slider. Look, he's had a really good year doing it that way. But occasionally, certain parts of a lineup, you got to attack guys with some power. And, Right there in that situation, you gave a, a not such a good hitter, not a guy having a good offensive year, a chance to put a ball in play, and you see sort of what the result was when you put a ball in play. So this was a collection of a bunch of things. Again, this gets back to you're up 8-1 after five innings it's, at home. It should be over. It, that should be a slam dunk, and you're thinking about how to set that thing up for for tomorrow and win tomorrow's game and move on. And, and Kevin, you know Scott Service is doing the same damn thing. He's going 8-1, to one, fifth inning. Okay, i got to start thinking about guys for more he brings Andres Munoz in who last night was throwing 103 104 all he did was throw sliders like it's not that's the thing there were still some opportunities for the Jays yeah Munoz Munoz is throwing a slider because they're hitting about a buck 20 off it this year that's why he's throwing a bunch of them because you have to cheat to hit 103 and you think okay I know you throw 103 he knows he throws 103 the little element of surprise is you get open up the front side you can beat him with a slider. That's exactly what happened. You see Vladdy doing that. He's trying to cheat to hit the hater. He jams himself on a slider. It's a ground ball. That's how you get. That's how you get people out. So, for me, the Jays beat themselves by not being ready to pitch when it mattered the most. All right, we're going to go to the phone lines, and here's what we're going to do. I understand there are big picture issues out of this game, obviously, but let's focus on the game at hand right now. There's plenty of time to get into. And I'm sure we'll take calls on Blair and Barker this week. There's plenty of time to get into who has to go, who should come back. Does the manager stay? Does the manager go? Nobody's going to make that decision in the next 24 hours, I don't think. Nick from Kitchener, you're on Blue Jays talk. You're our leadoff hitter. All right, thanks. Uh, Barker, your question about Schneider should have left the bin. I would have said yes. Uh, Blair personnel uh, were they built to go deep? I disagree, and that that was actually the purpose of my call. You can't uh, expect to go deep having a, a bullpen where you rely on bass. I'm sorry, just doesn't work. Um, but it did. It did until it it did for much of the year. I mean, statistically, did, I don't, listen, did, I, and I'm the guy that. But let, let me finish. Let me. Nick, let me finish. I'm the guy that was saying all along that I thought the bullpen wasn't good enough because they didn't have 
I, I wanted to see more velocity. I wanted to see more of what I see from the Seattle Mariners. Statistically, though, the bullpen through the regular season was good. They didn't have it today. I, I cannot disagree with that. And I guess in hindsight, I could look back and say that, you know, back on May 20th when I thought the bullpen stunk, I was right. But I, I, I can't overlook the work that these guys did during the year. And further to Kevin's point, I, other than taking Gosman out when you did, you know, we can have the decision with bringing in Mason, turning Carlos Santana around. We can have that discussion. Other than taking Gosman out when you did, I mean, John Schneider kind of managed the bullpen the way he managed it most you, of the you, year. Well, you could also say, too, Jimmy Garcia got eight pitches and two batters. You that could was, also ran him back out there, there you and go. let him have a little longer leash, too. So there's some things you could pick at, too. But, Nick, I'm not. Scratch your head on wondering why the – it happened the way it happened. Yeah, and 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 you know, I, I and Nick, thanks for the call. Listen, I'm I'm you know I'm not I'm not climbing on you because the bullpen wasn't good enough. At the end of the day, this bullpen was not good enough. I I think to Nick's point, it's a he seems to think that it's a bullpen that's can win regular seasons, yes. but to go deep in the playoffs, you're probably, probably going to need more. And I can and and Nick, put can't my hand argue, up. Can't cannot argue, argue with you. Nope. Cannot argue with you. Tony and Maple. You want to talk about Jordan Romano? Yeah, we'll talk about him. Uh, well, because the most prominent thing that happened there. And I agree with you, Kevin, gentlemen. What is he doing throwing pitch after pitch in the mid-80s? Now, he's not a guy that smokes at 103 either. But you know what? Probability would say that it's much harder to hit a ball that's 99 miles an hour than one that's 86. And it's coming at 86 and 85 over and over and over. That's his mistake. And then also I'm going to blame our pitching coach. If you see this, the season's on the line. Why aren't you out there? Well, I mean, you can't go out there and say, hey, dude, throw 99. Um, yeah, he seems to me like he couldn't throw 99. He could throw he 99. Top, he was topping out at 97. It was more 96. I, yeah, I'm, I'm – I just, for me, I don't understand. I think it's sort of when you fall into a pattern of over and over and over and over again. I mean, 10 out of the 13 before Crawford walked to the plate with sliders. Like, there's, that's a theme. Like, there is no, that's you know, a trend. I, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a guesser, and you don't even have to guess. You go up, look slider right down the middle, and to the caller's point, it's in the 80s. It's not in the high 90s. It gives you a better chance, especially hitting in a nine hole. You're hitting in a nine hole for a reason. It's because you have trouble hitting a hater. I just, again, I, I understand why Romano, I think, does it because it's worked all season. But sometimes you got to adapt and to adapt to the part of the lineup where you're at and just so happens. I mean, he got a couple of big timeouts, the bases loaded, and then they let the nine-hole hitter beat you. I understand where the ball went. You couldn't have ran it out there and dropped it in any better place. But you, the point is you gave him a chance to do that, which you didn't have to do. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, George Springer. This series was, you know, it was like he was, it was like an injury magnet, essentially. It's, you know, I'm surprised part of the roof didn't fall on top of him the way things were going uh, in this series for George Springer. We certainly wish he's okay. He was, or we hope he's okay. He was carted off. Hopefully we'll get an update soon. I, we have plenty of time. I mean, I'll tell you this. George Springer doesn't need his x-ray tonight. He can have it tomorrow or Monday or, or Tuesday because, folks, the Blue Jays season is over. And I'm like you. I'm not – I am – I'm not ready for it to be over. Like, there are seasons where I go, well, yeah, you know, okay, it ended. I was not ready for this season to be over today. I wasn't. 
I was not at all over for the, ready for the season to be over. 8-1 lead. I'll tell you, 8-1 lead, I thought this team comes out tomorrow, beats the Mariners, and away you go. Boy, I was wrong. Um, the Jays just didn't uh, – pitching just didn't, didn't, didn't have it didn't in Didn't step up what it mattered the most. That's right. Um, they needed a bunch of people to step up, and, I mean, it didn't happen. You, you, you can't put it any other way. And I know, and I know that there are those of you out there on social media. I, I almost sent this out in a tweet, but I thought, nah, the wound's too fresh. Yes, I thought back to 2013, Maple Leafs losing 5-4 in overtime in the Eastern Conference quarterfinal to the Boston Bruins. Yes, that was my thought. A collapse that forces an organization to take a real deep look inside itself there are decisions that have to be made at the end of the day at the end of the day this team was not good enough jason in vancouver hey guys how's it going well you know it's going horse crap if you want to know the truth jason but go ahead uh, well first of all i just want to say thank you for you and kevin and the people that work behind the scenes for a great year of just listening. You guys have provided great insight, and I'm sure the people behind the scenes, all your producers, have brought on great guests. So just thank you very much for that. Thank you, sir. Yeah, thank you. And I, I do want to give a shout-out to Sho and Julia and, and, and Blake Murphy and everybody else because, well, you know what? Ha- hold, hold the line. Hold the line. We'll go to John Schneider right now. Hazelman with Sportsnet. John, what was your message to your team just now? Uh, you know, it's... Postseason is great and postseason sucks because at some point, if you're not the last team standing, you have to rip the band-aid off and your season's over. Um, couldn't be more proud of those guys. Um, my lasting message, if anything, was remember how they came together as a group over the last month or so. Um, and, you know, I think it's a start of, of something great. You know, there's, there's ups and downs, and we ultimately didn't achieve what we wanted to achieve at the start of the season. So... As hard as that is, 29 other teams feel the same way. Um, it's a special group, a group that's going to be together for a while. And, um, you know, it's right now it's just tough. But, you know, the, the guys are going to be better for it. Was there a turning point in this ball game for you, John, where the momentum shifted? <clears throat> yeah. Um, what was it, 8-1? to one? Um, You know, they chipped away. And, um, you know, we took, you know, it's... A four-run lead in the eighth inning, and uh, you know you feel good about that. And um, you know, reliving it and mapping it out, um, yeah, I think it was the play in the eighth inning that fell in in center, probably changed the momentum for sure. Uh, and everything else leading up to that um, plays a part of it too. But um, sometimes the ball doesn't go your way, uh, and you know that's that's the part of baseball that sucks. Um, so it was probably that probably that Crawford hit in the eighth. And quickly, John, uh, how is George doing? He's doing okay. He's going to be evaluated for a couple of different things. Um, he said some nice things to his teammates just now. Um, so we'll know more in the next couple of days. On the far right there. Uh, Keegan Matheson with MLB.com. John, um, what do you want your players to take from this? What do you want younger guys to learn from an experience like this? I mean, getting these, getting to play these two games here at home for one, um, understanding and feeling the magnitude of what every pitch and every at bat and every play means, 
Um, and they're going to be right there again. You know, this group is going to be right back in this situation next year. And if anything, I think it's, you know, the last month of how personalities, talent, um, people, and players came together. And I think if you start the season that way, um, that's when great things happen. And beginning from when Gosman left, starting with Meza through the bullpen battle there at the end, how did you feel about how that sequenced out and, and how, that was, uh, how your pitchers handled that? I thought it sequenced out pretty well. Um, you know, Timmy Meza is a tough guy to get underneath and hit the ball out of the ballpark, especially, you know, we like that with Santana right-handed as opposed to left-handed. Um, you know, Gosman was outstanding, I think. And, yeah, there's always going to be times where I could sit here for about six months and second-guess myself. Um, but I, right now I don't. You know, you trust the guys that got you here. You trust your entire roster. And today, um, you know, we didn't get it done and they beat us. And um, that sucks right now. Um, but again, you know, the guys that did the job they did to get here, um, you know, I'll never, I'll never have any fear about putting them in again. Go on the back left, Shy. Shy Davidi, Sportsnet. John, can you run us through... Uh, what happened on that the blooper to center and like where exactly did the contact between Bo and Bo and George occur? Did Bo t uh, did George take uh, an elbow or an arm to the head? How did that? What was sort of the point? Of yeah, that? I think it, yeah, Bo and George kind of you know both going for it. I haven't I haven't even had a chance to look at it on video yet, um, but I know I think it was Bo's elbow to George's shoulder head area. I'm not quite sure. Um, at that point, you're still trying to navigate through the rest of the game, but. I have to look at it to be more to be more sure. Go in the third row there, in the middle. Hi, John. John Chidley Hill from the Canadian Press. Uh, Merrifield also left the game. I was wondering if you had an update on how he's doing. Yeah, he's fine. You know, we were just trying at that point in the game in the sixth inning. You know, we're putting um, an outfielder in an outfield spot, and with you know, not that he hasn't done it before, um, didn't feel like we were losing anything by putting tap in, and. Um, you know, that's how we've played it all year, and, uh, you know, today didn't work out. You also pregame said that um, there is no bad blood with Robbie Ray, former Blue Jays teammate, uh, but it seems like the fans were on him pretty hard. <laughs> I was curious what uh, you thought of the fans' reception for Robbie Ray. Well, for one, the fans' reception to us the last two days was remarkable, and, you know, we don't ever want to take that for granted because it hadn't been here for the last two years. Um, their reaction to Robbie Ray, I think, is, you know, a typical, um, a competitive fan base um, communicating with a guy that was here and that, le that left. So that's part of the game. Um, but again, I think, you know, I know myself and I think all the guys in the clubhouse, they have nothing but good things to say about Robbie. Um, so I think that's just part of the game. Go in the middle. Hey, John. Caitlin McGrath, The Athletic. Uh, I know how devastating last season was for this team. Um, different contexts, but it's again a tough loss. I mean, I know this club has talked about their resiliency a lot. I mean, how do the guys get over this over the offseason and yourself as well? It's going to take some time, you know, probably take a vacation or two. Um, but it's uh, it sucks when you're going through a process that ultimately is going to lead you to where you want to be. And um, what was communicated with the guys after the game was great. Um, you know, not not for me, but from them speaking in front of their teammates, and um, you know they'll get they'll get past it. Right now, it sucks, and it's going to suck for a while. And um, you know, if you can get, you know, we talked about getting incrementally better um, this year as opposed to last year. It starts in the off season, and it starts in spring training, and you keep trying to do those things. Um, 
yeah, but right now it's, uh, you know, what I hope they take from it is when it, when kind of the dust settles and, uh, and you look back at what they did, you know, you can hold your head up and be proud and you learn from it because like I said, that group is going to be right back in this situation next year. Go in the middle, just to the right. Hey, John, Mitch Bannon, SI. Uh, you talked about what you want the team to take from this. What do you kind of personally take from this experience, the playoffs, but also the last couple months of being this team's manager? Wouldn't uh, I would change the outcome um, of today and yesterday for sure, but I wouldn't change uh, anything else of the last couple months. It's been an absolute pleasure um, to watch a team um, of individuals come together as a group and uh, to be a part of that. I'm very thankful, um, not just to the players, but to the entire coaching staff. Um, it is a very tight knit group and, um, you know, something that doesn't happen all the time in this sport. So for me, it's, um, you know, you learn from it, you know, when you look up in a game like today and it seems like everything that could go wrong did go wrong in a very short period of time. Uh, you learn from it and you say, what could I do better the next time? And um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a while to kind of wrap your head around it, I think. But um, couldn't be, you know, um, I couldn't be more proud to be, you know, the leader of, of the men in that clubhouse for the last couple months, including the last two games. We'll go on the left here. Hey, John. Rob Longley from the Toronto Sun. Um, what did your team show you today in the, in the way that they came out in a must-win game and took control of it? And the fact that you built such a big lead, how much more excruciating is it to you the way it kind of unraveled? Um, yeah, they showed what they've been showing, you know, throughout the course of the entire season, how they, how they bounce back and how they, they have one, each, one another's back. Um, there was no talk about losing today. There was, there was talk about how to beat Robbie and the Seattle Mariners today. So it just showed me more of the same of the makeup and the character and the resiliency of those guys. Um, <clears throat> to have the game where it was and to have it end the way it did, um, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's probably the worst possible outcome, you know, because of the belief and because of the, you know, the chemistry that's in that group. It's, it's, uh, it's a really tough thing to just turn it off. Um, so it's, uh, you know, you don't want to say you wish you got blown out and it made it a little easier. It would still suck if we lost 15 nothing today. But uh, to have it unwind the way it did and unfold the way it did, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take uh, probably a couple more weeks to, to let that simmer a little bit. Go on the left side, Ben. Hey, uh, Ben Nicholson-Smith with Sportsnet. Uh, John, just wondering, first of all, um, the Kirk call in the eighth inning, it looked like Tickner missed that one. Uh, how much does that sit with you or, or, or resonate you, bother you, if at all? Does, do you think about that? Sometimes. Um, you know, until, yeah, I mean, you want the players to decide the outcome of the game, right? That's, that's everyone in baseball would say that. And umpires are human beings. They're not perfect. Um, it's, uh, you know, you still like your chances with Kirky with two strikes. You know, Munoz is about as tough as they come. But, um, you know, calls are going to go one way or another for both sides over the course of a game or a season. Um, you know, umpires are doing their best. And, you know, they're, they're here in the postseason for a reason as well. And more broadly, uh, this group can uh, basically be back next year with the exception of Stripling and Phelps and maybe a couple others. Sounds like from what you're saying, this is a group you would like to see back uh, basically as is. Am I putting words in your mouth by saying that, or how do you view that? Oh, that's above my pay grade. I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that's a tremendous group of 
of people in there um, that have played together for a while and with some of the new additions that have come in it's a uh, it's a tough group to say goodbye to you know I could I could put it that way but um, you know you get close to people over the course of the season not just as players but as but as people um, and um, that's a group that I'm pretty pretty tight with right behind Hey John. <clears throat> hey, John. Chris from Blogtio. Uh, we were just speaking to fans outside, and they're understandably upset, angry. What's your message to them right now that after you guys blew the 8-1 lead? Baseball sucks sometimes, and that this group will be back in the exact same spot very, very soon. Um, sometimes, you know, when you, when you think you have an advantage, you don't win. And, um, you know, I understand the passion and the, uh, the emotion of the fan base right now. Um, and people aren't perfect, and sometimes, um, sometimes you get outplayed. So, understand it. And um, if they weren't that way, you know, they wouldn't they wouldn't be the kind of fans that they are. So, um, my message going forward into the off season is, as much as it sucks right now, it'll make that group better. Thanks for coming in, John. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. That's John Schneider, manager of the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, interim manager of the Toronto Blue Jays one of many decisions Kevin that we need to see this front office make and hopefully that decision will be made rather soon I don't want to get into the ifs and whys and wherefores about it right now because I need some time to process it myself just to tell you what uh, folks a little bit of what's going on here and the lines are open 416-870-0590 star 590 590 if you remember last year, Jerry Depoto, the general manager of the Seattle Mariners, who has never seen a trade that he doesn't want to make, remember how he had to have a closed-door meeting after the trade deadline because he got rid of Kendall Graveman? I just saw Jerry Depoto get beer-showered by four of his players. So that's uh, as the Mariners come out on the field with beer and champagne and cigars and out in the field celebrating. 416-870-0590, star 590, 888-660-590. One more call, and then we'll uh, go to a break. Brian in Ottawa, you want to talk about John Schneider? Yes, uh, Jeff and Kevin, first-time caller. Yes, uh, Welcome. Well, Join us you. next year. <laughs> well, I might. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, what, I, what I have to say is um, I just think that there's, in general, too much use or misuse, actually, uh, of relievers. Uh, I mean, not so much in today's game, although the timing was wrong, but there, I mean, there are teams that use seven, eight relievers in, in a shutout, you know? Today, the starting pitcher was breezing by at an 8-1 to one lead. Why would you take him out? Now, I understand that, uh, that they loaded the bases, but Schneider left him in to get the next two outs, which he did. So what's the problem? Yeah, uh, I mean, it's a great question. It is. It is a great it's question. A great question. And, and you know, John Schneider didn't. I mean, I, he might have got asked that, but I think he kind of he used the old manager's line about, you know, I'm sure when I get a chance to sit back and look at it, there are, there are things I would do differently. And my guess is when he does sit back and look at it, that may be that may in fact be one of those things. I mean, the only thing I could think of is you know, Carlos Santana did almost homer off him. Uh, you know, he, he hit a, what was it, a double off the, the right wall, center wall. Yeah. right center field wall. I, I You know, again, not being able to say to John Schneider, what were you thinking? That was the first thing that went through my mind. 
Um, but then once he did that, you know, then I, again, we get back to this decision with Carlos Santana. Hits more home mm-hmm. runs from one side, is a not a dominant hitter, but hits for a higher average from the other side. You pick your poison and... and you know, Tim Mays is a guy that John Schneider's gone to, and Tim Mays, by and large, has come through. That, that, that's all I can say. Uh, but as my friend Mr. Parker said, at the end of the day, um, this team was outpitched in the bullpen, and I don't know if I'd say they were necessarily outhit. They did put, what, nine runs on the board today. They certainly didn't have any answer for, uh, for Luis Castillo yesterday. But uh, they're not as, I'll say, they're not as good as the Mariners. They're not as good as the Mariners. Top to bottom, they're not as good as the Mariners. I thought coming into this that their lineup was better than the Mariners. I don't know. I may have to reevaluate that. Kevin? Yeah. uh, Look, again, I I think John, once he goes home or he's on a plane or in his car, I'm sure he'll be thinking about the starter. Why why did you take him out with 95 pitches? It's an 8-2 score. Uh, you live and die by the best that you have. At the at the time, it was Kevin Gosman. Tim Mesa wasn't ready to pitch in my mind. It was you just look at when he came back out in the seventh inning. It was ninety four. That's a great when point. When he came Ted. out yep. in the in the sixth inning, it was ninety one. Ninety one don't play at this level, even if it's somewhat located. You got to make a better pitch with your best stuff this time of the year. If you don't, good teams will beat you, and that's exactly what happened. Anthony Bass didn't do good with two strikes. Uh, Jordan Romano abuses the slider. I could go up, look for slider. I'm 47. It, it doesn't take a brain surgeon to know that most of the time, late in the game, this time of the year, if you've watched Jordan Romano, even if you're standing on the on-deck circle, you see 10 out of 13 pitches are sliders. Jeff, it don't take a brain surgeon. And they almost have to be perfect. You throw that many, you're trying to spin that many crossfire with not great mechanics falling off to one side of the, of the mound, sooner or later you're going to hang one. And a, and, a, and a decent hitter, not even a good hitter. J.P. Crawford's having a bad year offensively. He's a really good defender. He's hitting ninth for a reason. I yeah. just – I mean, they, I, they got beat by bad pitching. We're going to take a break right now. I do want to mention a couple of good things, though, before we break, because I know when we get back to the calls, it's going to be all, you know, it's going to be doom and gloom. Teoscar Hernandez, a couple Great. of home runs today. Teoscar Hernandez showed up today. Kevin Gossman, Kevin Gossman showed up today. And with that <laughs> – I will take a break. 416-870-0590, star 591 590 is the text line. We'll go to the text line. we got another hour for your calls. I know you want to vent. I know you got stuff to say. This is your chance to do it. It's Blue Jays Talk on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. So David Wedge lives in Edmonton and uh, is a uh, loyal listener, Blue Jays fan. Just sent along a DM to me. I still remember every detail of walking from Exhibition Stadium to the car with my father on a chilly fall evening in 1985. The Jays Game 5 collapse that night left me utterly gutted, and I feel the same now, only with my own daughter sitting beside me saying, I'm sorry, Daddy, I really wanted the Jays to win. Can we still listen to them on the radio? David, thank you uh, very much for uh, your kind words as well about the show. And, um, yeah, I mean, as I said before the break, I'm not ready for this season to be over. And I don't always feel that way about a particular baseball season. I'm not ready for 2022 to be over, but alas, it is. The deal is done. 
Mariners fans have taken over the Rogers Center. Well, maybe 100 of them or so. They're still here. The Mariners players are on the Rogers Center turf, uh, a franchise that is used so often to seeing Canadian fans come down from Vancouver and take over their facility when the Jays are in town. They have planted their flag right here. Not even in the Blue Jays' backyard, but in the Blue Jays' front yard. 416-870-0590, star 590, 1-888-666-0590, Let's go to the text line. Keaton and Alberta, this team learned some lessons the hard way. Next year, no quotes of this year's the movie or pressures for tires. Put your get down and... Go to work. Be humble. Ross is a big offseason. This should be his last chance. Get pitching in some left-handed bats. If there's no deal, ALDS next season, Ross has to go. So embarrassing. There's going to be a lot of scrutiny uh, on the general manager of the Toronto Blue Jays for the moves that he made and didn't make at the deadline. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people will look at this loss, and, and one of the things they'll notice is that Jerry DePoto went out and added Luis Castillo at the trade deadline. Doesn't give a rat's ass about prospects. He went out and got a guy that I think in a lot of ways, Kevin, yeah, the Jays had an 8-1 lead here, and they lost the game 10-9. But uh, given how Luis Castillo shoved it yesterday, Mm -hmm. he did, you'd have to say he put the Jays in the back foot. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, he would have done that to a lot of teams. Yeah, it, it would have been interesting to watch. Well, we may get to see it. Well, just we are going to get to see it. If it wasn't him, Robbie Ray might have started well, game we, one. Well, we are going to get to see this against the Astros and see just exactly how good he's going to be because they got a really good lineup. they got a balanced lineup. And the lefties that they have for the Astros are pretty darn good. So be interesting to see this power pitching staff for the Mariners attack that lineup of the Astros. But, yeah, I'm with you. There, there's, you know, when, when you tend to lose baseball games that you should be winning – that tends to bring upon change. And I would assume there'll be some major changes next year with the Blue Jays. We will hear from Kevin Gossman in a minute. Let's go back to the phone lines. Marcus and Mississauga, you want to talk about John Schneider's decision to pull Kevin Gossman, and you want to talk about the collision in the eighth inning. Yeah. Um, hey, guys. A huge fan of both of you guys. Um, Thank you. Thank I you, know, sir. No problem. I know, last, I know last caller you guys already talked about um, – Excuse me, Snyder's decision to take out Gosman. Um, yeah, I, I just I can't understand for the life of me why why you would do that. I mean, as Kevin would say, he's making 110 large. Um, I know the bases were loaded, and then he got two outs. And I mean, I know Santana almost had a home run off of him, but I, I don't I don't get it. I mean, he's making 110 million. You tell me he can't get one more in the sixth inning. Um, I, I know hindsight is funny, but I, I just I, I know I, I always think of Jones. Overmanaging, and I just think about I don't, hmm. I don't know, guys. I don't know. Like, it, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Th- uh, I, I feel it. And hindsight is 2022. It's not just 2020. Uh, overmanaging. You know, a lot of folks in the text line. I'm going through it right now. Um, ba-ba-da. You know, did John Schneider outthink himself? Uh, you know, John Schneider overthought this game. You paid Gossman $100 million to be in this situation. You took him out for a lesser pitcher and forced the bullpen for the rest of the game. Uh, from Ryan in Orangeville. Uh, a lot of people. Yeah, I agree, I agree the with the Gosman way. thing. But let, let's throw some some things on the on the pitchers, too. D- Tim Mesa didn't come out with his best stuff. Let's be honest. I mean, it was 91. He doesn't throw 91. It should be 93-94 at the gate. It's a playoff game. It's an elimination game. He should be throwing harder. His best stuff. Good location. Not hard enough against a, a decent hitter who's got some power. Maybe not right-handed, 
but still you make a, a pitch that's decent, that's 91, that allows the guy to get the head out with a little elevation in his swing, and you see where it ends up. Anthony Bass didn't get it done. Jordan Romano needs to make some adjustments in the offseason with the sliders. Got some great stuff. He throws hard. His slider's really good at times. If you abuse it at this level and give a guy a chance to have an educated guess at the plate, I mean, it's no-brainer when you're facing him, even when he's throwing 99. You walk up to the plate, you look slider down the middle. You don't look on the corners. You don't look down. You don't look up. You look right and down the middle. Sooner or later, he'll throw you one there. Just at the big league level, you can't miss those. And it gives a decent hitter, not a great hitter, a chance to put a ball in play. When you put balls in play, things tend to happen. Kevin, what did Ron Darling tell us a couple of days ago? Depend- relying on one pitch is great, providing it's a real good pitch on that day. Yeah, and he also, you know? he, yeah, he also said, don't forget – that you do have a really good fastball. Exactly. Even if it is 97. 97 somewhat located. It's still 97. Even though it's not 99, which he throws a lot of those 99s. Today it was 96, 97. Somewhat locate that. You know, you got to adapt sometimes. You adapt to where the lineup is at, what you're doing. He did a really good job of getting the two outs with the bases loaded. And he didn't finish the deal because he fell in love with the same pitch all the time. Kevin Gossman just finished addressing the media. Let's go to Kevin Gossman. Keegan Matheson with MLB.com. Kevin, um, what was that experience like for you watching that after you had left the game, and, and where is your head at with that loss right now? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, um, you know, tough. Uh, you know, the way we lost, um, you know, it's unfortunate. Um, you know, a lot of weird things that happened, uh, you know, unfortunate things, obviously, you know, George and Bo are, are okay first off. And so, you know, I guess okay is, you know, um, relative, but, you know, nothing serious, I guess. So, you know, first off, those two guys are okay, but, you know, yeah, just, uh, you know, a heartbreaking loss. Um, you know, tough to watch. Uh, you know, it sucks when you're you're out of the game and you don't have any, any more say in it, right? So... Um, you're essentially just watching and hoping. Um, you know, yeah, that was that was tough. Go in the front here. Hey, Kevin. Uh, Caitlin McGrath, The Athletic. Um, you've signed with this team long-term. You're committed to this team long-term. What can you and this group learn from this, I guess, as tough as it is to process it right now? Yeah, I mean, that was kind of Schneider's you know, meeting and the overall theme was, you know, we're just very fortunate to be in this situation. Um, you know, I think playing with guys like Witt, you know, who played his entire career and, you know, he only has two postseason games and those were the last two days. And so very fortunate to be in this situation. And, you know, now we kind of know what to expect, right? So a lot of those young guys that, you know, made the postseason in the COVID year, there were no fans. And so, you know, all of us who have been here and played in front of these big crowds, you know, the talk going into the series was, you know, it's going to be different than opening day. It's a, it's a different animal. And so now, you know, now those guys go into the off season, they know what it's like. And so, you know, hopefully they, you know, that, that feeds their, their hunger and their competitiveness to, to not see someone dance on our field. Right. And so, um, you know, just, uh, you take punches in the face in this game and you just hope that those punches, you know, lead you in a direction to want to get better.
um, want to get better and want to just fine tune some things and, and not let it happen again. Go to Shy in the back. Shy to BD Sportsnet. Kevin, as you were watching, understanding you're not in the game at that point, but just when momentum seemed to swing to the Mariners there, just what was your feeling watching that and, and maybe the difficulty for you guys in trying to arrest that momentum that swung their way? Yeah, I mean, that's what postseason baseball is about. Uh, the momentum swings are, are even bigger in the postseason. And so, you know, I was really happy that we were able to get the crowd in it early um, as opposed to yesterday. You know, the, Luis Castillo just kind of silenced the crowd with his pitching, right? And so to be able to go out today and, and come out strong and, and take the lead. I mean, at one point we were up 8-1, to one, I think. And so... You know, obviously, I think about the sixth inning for me, um, you know, a lot of blue pits, but, you know, in my mind, it, you know, the thinking is, is, is looking back on what I could have done to not be in that situation. You know, obviously, I, I got two outs, but, you know, if I could have just been a little bit better earlier in the game, you know, maybe I have more pitches to kind of work with, um, you know, and so that, that's on me, and it's, it's, uh, it's frustrating to go into the off season, you know, with with what if, and and obviously, um, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, you know, if Tim comes in and get the ground ball first pitch, you know, it's it, everybody's, you know, obviously, um, that's baseball, right? Sometimes things don't go the way that you planned, and uh, it just really sucks that we have to go home because you know there's a lot of really talented baseball players in there, and just a great group of guys um, first off and so love going to battle with them every single day and you know have friends for life in there and um, you know just a really close-knit group that I'm sad that we're all going home. That's Kevin Gossman who certainly lived up to his end of the uh, of the deal today Kevin I guess if you're looking for good things to take away uh, we talked about Teoscar's two home runs. I don't think too many of us expect Teoscar back next year. But if you're looking for good things to take away, yeah, Kevin Gossman, um, that's what I expected from. That's what I expected from Kevin. I, Gossman. I, I think when you see Teoscar run around the field uh, with uh, sometimes lack of baseball IQ, you want Teoscar out of here as quick as possible. When you see the Teoscar that we've seen the last couple of weeks, I don't know how you can get rid of power like that i mean I, I know you'll probably have to figure out a way to get rid of somebody to get what you need but man alive i mean power like that doesn't grow on trees and i'm with you kevin gosman what he throw 95 pitches he did 45 split fingers he threw 43 yeah. fastballs and seven sliders like he almost abused the split finger because he had to he threw 12 whiffs well you look at it that that was the one thing that i was looking for coming into this thing and everybody i talked to with kevin when he does struggle it's the non-competitive split fingers he threw 12 of those uh, he he had six called strikes with the split finger. That's a lot for him, right? He had 11 swing and misses with the split finger. He used it because he had to use it. He was really good. He gave him a chance to, to win a baseball game. I just wish he had about four more pitches out of it. Steven Halifax says, absolutely got it by this loss today. Something's missing from this team. Difficult to put a finger on it. Is it power pitching, power uh, on it, or is it power pitching and power hitting wins playoff baseball? Tasker showed up tonight. Power bullpen doesn't exist in Toronto. I mean, I've talked about it, you know, this statistically, this bullpen was pretty good this year. Um, I don't know if the Jays think they can reinvent the wheel, but you saw what Seattle ran out last night. Cool. You need guys. 
the way this game is now, I'm sorry. You need you need a couple of dudes that can throw 99 to 100. Uh, as I've said all year, I'm tired of spinning stuff. And you have a couple yep. of those guys, but you can't. I just don't think you can go deep with a bunch of guys for throwing 94 and no 95. No shift next year either. Remember no that? No shift next year as well. Punch people out. Uh, David in Toronto, you're at tonight's game. Where are you now? What, uh, like, what was, I'll ask you, what was the mood like in the crowd at the end of the game? Because I'm up here in the press box and I could see folks sitting in the stands. It took a long time for people to leave this ballpark. I got the sense that like those of us up here, a lot of you couldn't believe what you saw. Yeah, I'm sitting in traffic. It's almost as bad as a game right now. Oh. Uh, the, the mood the mood at the beginning of the game was phenomenal. Like the crowd the crowd wished that, that ball that Tyosker hit out mm. of the park. Mm-hmm. And we just got deflated. It when when we saw uh, Springer and Bo go down, it was just what is going on? And uh, it really hurt. This was the entire season in one game and Lifelong Blue Jay fan, this one hurt because you always wanted something to happen, and it's there, but they just couldn't grab it this year. Let me ask you this. Uh, you know, I, I kind of threw this out a little earlier, looking back to that Leafs loss to the Boston Bruins, which basically, you know, I mean, this look, the, the Leafs have been in a funk since I've been alive for the most part. Well, minus, I guess, minus seven years. Um, how, you know, is this... As a Jays fan, as a lifelong Jays fan, how does this organization come back from this? Can I'm not going to say can it come back because I think it will, but has it changed your view of what this front office has done, what it needs to do, and frankly, has it changed your view of the guts of this team? I think the core is there. I think this is the time to you know back the truck up and give Manoa whatever he wants. You got to get one of Vladdy and, and, and Vladdy or Bo. And one of the problems is you look at the capital that they traded away. Where are they going to get it unless they spend? That's what I wonder about. Well, they've, and thanks for the call. And yeah, I mean, the one thing this front office has done, it has spent on, it has spent on, yeah, they will spend. on, on free agents. Mm-hmm. I, you know, uh, I mean, Kevin and I have been pounding this drum for a while. I, I think my takeaway from this trade deadline was that the minor league system isn't as deep as a lot of people think it is. No question. And I keep saying this, it doesn't matter what the organi- how deep the organization thinks its minor league system is, it's what the other GMs think. And, um, you know, that's why you saw uh, the, the trade deadline that you saw. Look, and I'm going to – I'll say this. You know, Anthony Bass and Zach Pop, Anthony Bass especially, did a lot of good work this year after he the did. trade deadline. Yep. Tim Mesa did a lot of good work this year. Jordan Romano was really good for the most part this year. And we saw Jordan Romano turn into a multi-inning guy. But that wasn't good enough today when it had to be good enough. Mm-hmm. Right? That's the whole thing, and that gets, I Can think— Can you win the, a World Series with it? That's the question. And that gets to the caller's point, I think, about something—you're right. So much, in so many games this year, we were waiting for something to happen, and something didn't happen. It was a—I think we had Mark Shapiro on uh, just late in the season, and he said it was just a—it was a strange year. For him, just it's almost as if a bunch of things almost fell into place and didn't fall into place, um, you know. But that's uh, 
That's baseball and that's sports. Dave from Loretto, Barker, I want to ask you this. He says, Bo shouldn't have barreled into center field for that ball. If he let Springer catch the ball, uh, if he had let Springer catch the ball, Springer would have caught it. The outcome would have been different. I mean, I, I mean that's that's late in the game. That's that's two outs, bases loaded. You're 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 you know, your season's on the line. You got two dudes hustling, running, doing everything possible to catch a baseball. H- how can you complain about that? Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I will never come on here and do that. I, the, I'll complain it, it, about the pitch, but it, I'm not going to complain abs- about about the, the play that was attempted Absolutely. to be made. Absolutely. You had two dudes heads down running as hard as they could run after a baseball to get an out for their team so they could move on. How can you argue with that? I can't. I won't. Uh, let's take a break. 416-870-0590. Star 590. 1-888-666-0590. The text line, 590-590. We're on for another half hour, folks. If you're stuck in traffic like Dave, you got nothing better to do. Don't be swearing at the guy beside you or the person beside you. Don't be giving them the bird. You can give us a call. You can give us a call. You can vent. Maybe find something optimistic to say. I I don't know. Can you find something optimistic to say? I'm searching. Actually, Barker's got some optimistic stuff. We'll get to that next. It's Blue Jays Talk on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. All right, this is something I've always wanted to do. This copyrighted broadcast is presented by authority of Rogers Blue Jays Baseball Partnership and may not be reproduced or retransmitted, Kevin Barker, in any form, and the accounts and descriptions of this game may not be disseminated. I love that word. Without the express written consent of Rogers Blue Jays Baseball Partnership or the Sportsnet Radio Network. How do you feel? I feel good. You nailed it. 10-9. The Seattle Mariners have beaten your Toronto Blue Jays. Congratulations to the Mariners. Well, I think nah, that'll be my really. I really Toronto Blue Jays. I really don't ass about the, Toronto, the, the Seattle Mariners. Mariners go on and uh, get beat by the Astros. And Mariners are going to get their ass kicked by the Houston Astros. Well done. By the way, the uh, Cleveland Guardians are going to go on to take on the New York Yankees. The Guardians won a marathon game today. I'm making a call right now, Bark. You know what no, I'm going to say? Do it. Guardians and four. Not five guardians and four, and that's good because we'll, we'll, yeah, we're still have to, a baseball. They'll match. have to hit some more homers to beat the Yankees. Can they do it? Jacob from Mississauga, go ahead, Jacob. Hey, how are you? Great show, a long time listener, first time caller. Thank you, man, and welcome. Um, I just, I just want to say, uh, like, like it's been said before, we're paying Gossman uh, how much money? Thirty million a year. He's an ace in this league, and we're pulling him for uh, Tim Meza. Like, what, what are we doing out here? I thought Schneider was our guy. I think he's got to go after this. Like, you can't come back from this. The whole new regime. Got to get rid of his shot. We need a fresh start. I'm going to hang up, and I'm going to listen to your conversation. Thank you. Yeah, well, I, mean, I don't know about the Bichette thing. It'll be interesting to see what, how they handle this going forward. You know, there, there will definitely be interest. I, I will say this. Bo was better than Vladdy for the last six weeks. Who's Anybody better? disagree? Who? So you want to have this conversation now? No, I'm not going to have it now. I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, look, this team, they need more power arms in the bullpen. They need at least one more starting pitcher not named, you say, Kikuchi. And a plethora and, of left-handed and hitters. And they need some left-handed really hitters. And with all due respect, because I like the dude, better than Rymel Tapia. Right? And, and the organization's showing you this. why they tried to sign Jackie Bradley Jr. It's why they wanted to add a switch hitter like Jose Ramirez. It's why they went out and got Rymel Tapia. It's why they, everybody they brought in, for the most part, Hit left-handed. This organization needs more balance, and somebody's going to have to go. And 
I mean, I don't want to have this organization now, but it's either Teoscar's got a year left before he's a free agent, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., or Alejandro Kirk. I mean, you have to ask yourself. Those are the three, those are the three guys that are most likely to get you something in return. Because you ain't moving Bo. Now, you may ask Bo to go to second base if you can sign a shortstop or trade for a shortstop. But, anyhow, it's, it's a little early, I, I think, to, to, to have that discussion. What about discussion. John Snyder? What's your gut? My gut is I like him back. Um, if I'm Ross Atkins, I've if I'm Ross Atkins, I, I if I'm Ross Atkins, I might want to interview some people. You started the game like that? Yes, I did. Okay. Because I fired John Gibbons. That was my mulligan. I brought in, or somebody in the organization brought in Charlie Montoyo. He didn't work out. Had to get rid of him and. You know, with all due respect to Charlie, we were here that day. You couldn't find a player who was upset. Nope. So that made me think that, okay, Charlie was a bad hire. you done that. You put John Schneider in. I'd like John back. I like a lot of the things I saw from this team. But I think the caller's right. This, this is not another loss. This is a historic in-game collapse, not just in Toronto sports history, not just in Blue Jays history, in baseball history. This doesn't happen. It hasn't happened since like 1929. This doesn't happen that you torch an 8-1 lead in the fifth inning. It just doesn't happen. George from Port Dover, you're on Blue Jays Talk. Hey, thanks for taking the call. Jeff, Blair, thank you so much. You've been a great season to listen to and then get some insight. Thank you so much. Thank Barker, too. He's the brains of the operation. I'm just the pretty face. <laughs> so true, so true. Okay, I'll go for that. I like that. Hey. See, Barker, somebody said I'm better yeah, looking you than you. You finally found the only one who thinks that. Anyhow. Checks <laughs> in the mail, five George. bucks in the morning. That's great. <laughs> yeah, you'll get five bucks, all right. I might give you ten. Go ahead, George. Canadian. I'm still yeah, getting yeah, Canadian. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll give so you good. 10 Canadian. Hey, listen, right. I just got to say, like, I, like I'm all, I'm all for it. But I, but I get what you just said because I, I had a whole thing about, like, where do we go from here and how does the season progress in, in 2023? But the fact of the matter is, like, we have to deal with some stuff, some luggage, right, from this year mm-hmm. where we look at and say, you know, where, where, where do we go? Like, John, like, Schneids has been amazing. He, he was amazing. He was a great piece in the puzzle. But so is Montoya. He was a great piece, two or three years, to take these guys from where they, where they came up to this point, and now, you know, is Schneid's the next guy to take them to the next thing when he has no experience. So I totally agree with your, your suggestion that, you know, we need to have some conversations with who else is available at the time. So where do we go from here? I'm not exactly sure. Totally disappointed. Totally heartbroken over the loss tonight. But, you know, still a Jays fan. Appreciate nice. appreciate the call. Yeah, look, there's <laughs> folks, this this is a team that won 92 games this year. Uh, it's a team that lost two playoff games at home. Lost two. Shut up. It's a team that lost two playoff games at home. <laughs> what have you done for me lately? But Stop I mean, saying here's 92 the thing. Win. Here's the thing. It, 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 everybody around baseball is stunned. I guarantee you tomorrow yeah. when you read, when you go online, you know, when you when you when you see what the national commentators are saying, every watch the Mets the Mets Padres game tonight. They're going to be all over this. This is a team that a lot of people thought, that a lot of people thought was good enough to go in a deep run into the playoffs. So, uh, 
yeah, it, it's you picked them to win the World Series, didn't you? No, I picked them to go to the World Series. I did. I put my hand up. I got the Braves winning the World Series. Oh, I'm feeling very good about uh, that. Yeah, Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah. Thank you yeah, very yeah. much. I'm feeling Way very go good about that. Well, we to go out on a limb. Well, you didn't go out. You didn't pick the Braves. Uh, who did I pick? You picked the Dodgers. Well, Way to go out on a limb. Potato, potato. Who are we cheering for now? Now that the Jays That's are a great gone. question. I'll have to think about that. Your raise is out. My raise is out. Your Jays is out. My Jays is out. <laughs> uh, I like the Padres. Oh God. I don't know. I just said that. I really don't. I might hitch. I might. I might hitch myself to the Guardians bandwagon. You know that? Because I'm going to watch them play, and all I'm going to do is. I'm going to watch them play, and I'm going to think to myself, nothing to nothing. In the night. How <laughs> nice would Jose Ramirez have looked in this lineup? And would I maybe have sacrificed Gabriel Moreno in a row? Didn't it? It did. It, it sure did. did. Mike from Mississauga, you're on Blue Jays talk. Excellent. It was the first time I called, and I usually listen to you every morning on my way into work. I listen to the podcast, so thank you so much for my beautiful drive every morning to work. Oh, thank you. Thank you, sir. Guys, this is just the inexperience of a, of a young, amazing team. If you take a look at what happened the last two days, it's all the emotional, mental part of baseball. From Manoa, who's got every, who, who is a Cy Young, repetitive Cy Young winner, his first playoff game, and he just came over, amped himself up. That's why he couldn't do it. Contrast that with Gossman, who came in there calm and cool and hit his spots. Then you have Schneider. It's his first. And he just overmanaged. He just got amped up. He got, he's in there with those 50,000 people, thinks he's got to make all these moves. He's just got to let it play out. Meza comes in. He's squeezing that ball. That's why he wasn't hitting that velocity. These guys are going to be fine. They're going to come back. They're going to learn from this. On the offseason, I would add – a veteran piece, a calming person with a lot of experience in postseason. Just add that piece in there, and they're going to be fine. They're going to go next level next year. That's a great call. Uh, I appreciate the call, but George Springer was supposed to be that calming presence. Did he get a hit in two games? Um, you're not asking me these difficult questions. No, today, hey, strikeout swinging, strikeout swinging, strikeout swinging. But I think we're going to find out. That, he got a hit yesterday. Then. I think we're going to find out that there was something a little funky with that wrist. When he hit that wall and made that catch, he came in carrying his glove in his right hand. I think we're going to we're going to find out that George Springer played with something broken. Well, that's another say thing right too. Now. He he might want to think about playing right field next year. Uh, so now now you're looking for a center fielder who's left-handed. You're looking for power arms out of the pen. If only you need there was more left-handed bats. You need a new shortstop. You need if only oh, there was somebody more depth in the rotation. I mean, if only there was somebody in this booth who's been saying now for a year that George Springer needs to be your right fielder. Well, he may have to be after you get rid of Teoscar. Do we uh, do we have uh, Daryl and Whitby? Do we want to go to Daryl and Whit- Daryl and Whitby? Go ahead. You're on Blue Jays talk. Hey guys, how are you? Well, uh, I've been better, but at least I'm going to have Thanksgiving dinner on time tomorrow. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm fuming. My head's about to blow off. I'm sorry, guys. I'm a Leaf fan. I'm a Jays fan. I've seen oh, it with Jesus. Toronto. I feel so bad for this- you. My oh. God. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. And this stacks right up with the Leafs, up three, up four nothing. Ten minutes oh. left in the third period, and it all unraveled. But at the end of the day, I'm going to say one thing: with a team like this, with this uh, this much experience going into ga- a game, and you're up eight one, and you blow it, that's inexcusable. There's no excuse for that, in my opinion. I mean, well said. I mean, like y- y- you can start too. You can you can blame. It. It's not just this game. I'm sorry. The management set this team up for failure. 
going into any postseason. It's not a finished product, and they didn't put the right chips on the table or get the right chips to go to be a, an effective ball team going forward. There's too many uh, unfinished products with this team, in my opinion. I uh, appreciate the call. Uh, listen, this is an embarrassing loss for this organization. It happened at home in front of a big crowd. Um, you know, the first playoff series since 2000 and 2016. You know, this was this was the year again. I can't say it enough. This is the year the Jays are supposed to go in a postseason run, and whether or not they're going to win the World Series. I mean, you know, once you once that you get into the luck. DS and the ALCS, you, you, sure. it, it takes a lot of luck. Yes. But uh, by the way, I just got to throw this out. We saw kind of a nice scene over here a minute ago. Robbie Ray came over and uh, embraced Voon Chong, the uh, uh, Blue Jays trainer, who love Voon. Yeah, everybody loves Voon. That was kind of nice. And also, uh, Ryan Barucki, who uh, is on the IL list with the with the Mariners, came over and said uh, said hello to everybody's favorite sideline reporter, Hazel May. So mm-hmm. I thought that was that was kind of cool. And there, you know, there are a couple of folks, a couple of folks I'm happy for. I, I am happy for Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray was a good soldier when he was here. And you know, Ryan Barucki, man. Uh, sometimes it's just where you end up. Sometimes it's just where you end up. 416-870-0590. Star 591-888-666-0590-590-590. Jason and Thornhill, Jeff and Kevin, this was an epic loss for the organization. Schneider took a sure win and absolutely blew it. Gossman should have been pulled after hitting the sixth, but using Meza, oh my. Bass the trade deadline. Pickup could not get an out. And where was JBJ for late inning defense as well, choosing not to add Bradley Zimmer? Uh, bit you right in the behind. I don't know about that. A team less than the sum of its parts from the top down. Want to ask you this, though. I can't believe Bradley's in, but I want to ask you this. Whit Merrifield uh, left the game with, I, I guess it was a head injury after he Didn't sound hit. like it. Didn't sound like he, uh, John seemed to think that, okay. or say that it was more you put a outfielder in an outfield there spot. There you go. Okay, you're right. That anything to do with the slider getting hit in the ear yeah. or wherever he got hit. Yeah, and that's another story about Mariners pitchers. That's uh, a slider. Mariners pitchers, great control. Third fewest hit batters in baseball this year. We'll talk about that maybe on Blair and Barker. But my point is this. No. Oh, yeah, I'm going to try to stir it up right now. It's, it's, <laughs> it's freaking 942, and you just had your ass handed to you 10 to 9 by the Seattle Mariners. I'm going to stir it up. Um Rymel Tapia went into left field for Whit Merrifield. That double, now, play's not made. Uh, That double that kind of opened the door, uh, I know a lot of folks in the text line are saying, why wasn't Jackie Bradley Jr. in the game for defense at that time? Why go with Rymel Tapia? I mean, my reaction would be probably, you know, against – you know, against the 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 Mariners, that you're going to see you're going to see a lot of right-handed velo. And the only thing I can think is that the Jays like the at bats. Rymel Tapia is going to get them compared to to lefty hitting Jackie Bradley Jr. Yeah, that's the only thing you think of. I, I I had to look it up to see how much he played left field. He played left field what 46 games in the big leagues. So he's played enough out there that you know he's a, yeah. an elite defender. He's JBJ. He's Absol- gonna... Absolutely. So you could argue that too. I I, I want I don't want to pile on here, but in the ninth inning, would you walk Adam Frazier to to uh, to pitch to Carlos Santana, who just almost pulled a hamstring and was walking around limping, and everybody was booing him because he was taking so long. Even if even even yeah. if you Scott Service pinch hits for him, dude been sitting over there for four hours. You take your chance against a guy sitting over there for four hours. 
I'm just saying, like short and quick Carlos. down the middle or a guy that just almost pulled his hamstring that you could probably get to expand yeah. the zone or a pinch hitter. Carlos Santana's done a lot of damage against the Jays this year. I, I don't know how I, I don't know how I feel about that, Kevin. I I I really don't. Uh, like so much out of this game. It's a lot. I would have to think about it. Uh, hey, let's go to some audio from Matt Chapman, who uh, is uh, always – well, Matt Chapman's scuffling offensively, but he's always a good interview. And, uh, well, Matt Chapman's a guy that uh, does carry a lot of weight in that clubhouse and a guy that will probably be counted upon to carry even more weight next year. You know, it sucks. Um, I mean, you got to tip your cap to that team over there. You know, they just flat out beat us. They they – they did not give up. They kept fighting. They kept scratching and clawing their way into the game. And then every pitcher they brought in seemed to just kind of pass the torch and get out. And, you know, our guys were competing. We were trying to find ways to score more runs and shut them down. But, um, you know, they just found ways to, to get the job done. And you got to tip your cap. And everybody uh, except one team's always pissed at the end of the year. So, unfortunately, it happened to us a little earlier than we wanted to. But, you know, I know this group will bounce back and be ready next year. Still a young team to talk about next year. I mean, a lot before this team is coming back. I mean, Absolutely. can you take something like this as a lesson? Got some postseason experience. Got some more experience under our belt. Um, learned a lot. Learned how to navigate a full season, how to play meaningful games in September and finish them out. So a lot of things that we can be proud of. And, you know, I just hope that uh, we all use this as uh, motivation to continue to improve and continue to, you know, just uh, be a little bit more consistent and find ways to just everybody get a little bit better and hopefully we'll be the ones celebrating. Matt, I know it's really fresh, but how is this feeling? It's not fun. Um, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, we all, we we're all expecting to, you know, big things this year. And when you come to the playoffs, everybody's very excited. Everybody wants to win. Um, you know, we, we lost yesterday, but we came in today, we felt good. And then they just kept chipping away and lose. So really sucks. Uh, stings, you know, obviously still in my uniform. I, I wanted to play a lot more baseball this year, but I'm just going to use it as motivation to get better so I can help this team win more games. And, you know, I think I personally need to get better. So that, that's my focus now. Matt Chapman's got another year in his contract. If I'm the Blue Jays, I'm tacking on another two because I think his, first of all, I think his defense is going to be irreplaceable with the shift gone I, next year. I think you have to take care of Vladdy or Bo first. And he's a dude. You, you, you have to have that discussion. Uh, you One know, Vladdy, the... Vladdy did seem to open the door a little bit this year. Uh, Bo, I, I'm not certain. You get the sense. You always get the sense there's, there's a little more stress between Bo and the front office than there is between Vladdy and the front office. You sort of feel it. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know how that that's going to be bridged. Uh, I'm I'm very clear in this. Money would help. Uh, well, yeah, money <laughs> money always helps. I, I'm very clear in this. I want both of those guys here for a long time. Mm-hmm. I would not be upset to have Bo at second base next year Absolutely. and have a better defensive shortstop in there. But this whole I, – I look at this roster. I think you might have a new right fielder next year. I'm not entirely certain Lourdes is around next year. I think you might have a new second baseman next year. Catcher, you're set. you got catchers coming out of your yin-yang. The big guy at first base is going to be back. Chapman's going to be third. I think maybe you you got to get more balance, and whatever you have to do to get that balance, I think you consider doing it. You need a new closer? Blue Jays. Uh, do I need a new closer? I need another closer. I need I need to find my Andres Munoz is That's, what I need to find. Good luck. They're hard to find. I need to find that. I don't want to go out and sign some 38-year-old guy whose spin rate is off the charts. I want to find 
somebody who's 24 years old and is going to shove it up people's asses with a 99 or 98 mile an hour fastball. Or now much. 101 or 102. You ain't want much. I don't want much. <laughs> I'm a, you know, at Christmas. Greedy. I'm greedy at Christmas. Asking for everything. Chris in Oshawa, you're on Blue Jays talk. How you doing, fellas? Uh, great season from the two of you. Uh, Thank you. Thank you, sir. Just your comments there on sort of reshaping next year's team. Wanted to hear your thoughts on moving forward with George Springer's role in that, yeah, I mean, the guy plays his heart out. They're all very legit injuries, but it seems like you're almost just waiting for the next injury to happen. Yes, sir. And if the role continues, I mean, we're kind of struggling in center field. And, you know, what do you see moving forward with him? And then kind of beyond that, as far as the reshaping of the team, this was by a lot described in the media as a legacy opportunity for a lot of these players as a Toronto playoff team. And then to go out this way, does this change how you look at that core moving forward? And is this a shocking enough loss to have to make some decisions? Tough decisions, sorry. I'm going to hang up and listen. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Chris, I I appreciate the call. Yeah, I mean, for me it is. And, I mean, we've talked, we had talked about this. This isn't, this isn't just me reacting to this, to this loss. This team had to, this team, this team had to win a playoff series, at least one series this year. And yeah, I think a loss like this, I don't, I think a loss like this, you have to take a deep look at yourself as an organization and figure out why the hell in a two game series or a best of three series in your own ballpark, you were outpitched and you were, you spent a lot of money bringing in starting pitchers. You developed a dude in Alec Manoa, but at the end of the day, your guys, by and large, with the exception of, of, of Kevin Gossman, I suppose, they weren't good enough. They got beaten by a, by a team that wasn't supposed to be where they are. And, I mean, you have to think long and hard about it. And, and you know, here's the thing. Again, it's not like Bo and Vladdy are in their first year. Like, it, it's, it's, it's time to win something. It is. It's time to win some. You don't want to be like the Maple Leafs and piss away four or five years of generational talent. You don't want that. So, yeah, it's you know, pitter patter. Let's get at her. This this year was about winning, and next year's next year's got to be about going to the World Series. You know, I mean, I, I understand what Matt Chapman is saying about this is a learning experience. Yeah, and yeah, you know what? Uh, well, enough learning. Well, experiences. only thing we've learned is they're not good enough. That, that's what we've learned. Yeah. I mean, sometimes truth hurts. The truth is, you got beat by a team that, quite frankly, you should not have been beaten by. But it will tell you that in places that matter the most, you're not good enough right now. You need to go out and fix it. And hopefully this just tells everybody what they need to fix and fix it in a hurry. Uh, one guy who had himself a year and has, I think, really solidified his position with this organization is Danny Jansen. Yep. Uh, who finished strong had a terrific game or had a, had a good series at the plate. Danny Jansen uh, answered some questions after, after the loss today. Yeah, it sucks. Um, you know, that's, that's about all, all I can say about it. You know, it's just uh, it's a tough thing, especially with the group we have here and you know, what we've accomplished this year, the ups and downs. Um, it's never easy, especially after a game like that. Um, so, yeah, it's tough. You're the you know, catcher. You're the only guy looking out on, on the field on every play, right? So how does it, how's it feel? Is your heart in your throat like everybody else's when you're seeing that little blooper fall in? Yeah, man, man that, was, that was tough just off the bat, just tracking it and watching it and then seeing these guys going full speed for it. I mean, they want it so bad. And, um, 
I mean, it was it was a crazy play, and I'm just glad that both guys are all right. I know, you know I think George, you know, obviously George got carted off, so um, you never want to see that uh, guys going full speed at each other like that. It was tough. Your bullpen has been on such a good run for these last couple of months. How surprising is it to see that the struggles have been there today? Yeah, you know, I think it's just. You know, they squared up, you know, squared up some balls, and also they found some plates, you know, some some holes, and and you know, some some bloop uh, bloop shots and stuff. And we have full trust in our bullpen. Our bullpen has, has has done it for us all year, and they've you know they've been great, especially this last stretch. So, um, you know, obviously, it makes it even harder. You guys talked before about how kind of it was difficult to get over last year's disappointment. And you guys needed a step further this year. Do you think eventually that's going to become a positive for you guys, or is it kind of a little bit too sour to say right now? Oh, I think so. I mean. Uh, yeah, we came in in spring, wanted to be one game better than last year, and have this opportunity we had here. And uh, you know, obviously, it, you know, it, it, it stinks now, but uh, it's only going to make us make us better and stronger. You know, and you know, we, we're going to get to where we want to want to be. That was Danny Jansen uh, talking after tonight's 10-9 loss to the Seattle Mariners. The Jays' season is over. The Mariners sweep the Jays, and. Uh, as Ben Wagner said in signing off today, we uh, we await the beautiful, sunny spring days in Dunedin where, once again, we can have all the debates that we actually thought we may have put to bed <laughs> with this offseason. Dougie and Stouffville, you made some money today? No, I did not. I you actually, did not? Well, when it was 8-1, sadly, I, I was looking. I'm like, okay, I looked at the odds. It was like minus 6,600 for the Jays to win. So I put a bet with them, parlayed with some football, along with I just took Seattle to win. And I'm sitting back. I'm a long-term fan, love the team. I've been watching all these other teams with great pitching, and I was really upset when they pulled Gosman because I really felt like he was getting his mojo and he probably could have got that third. Sat back, and then on the sixth inning, I cashed out the Mariners. Because I'm like, there's no way they're going to come and win. And when I said to your caller that I heard you say before when Austin Matthews pitched, you're like, I hope he doesn't give him the blue and white disease. Did I say that? You did say that in one of your shows, man. I listen to you guys religiously. Uh, You're the best. Barker, you're the man. I want my son to be like you one day. Oh, no, yes. you don't. Oh, listen, you leave me your number. We'll have a conversation <laughs> off air. We'll have a conversation <laughs> don't off don't air. Don't listen to Jay. The only I'm thing. A golf pro, so if you want to learn how to golf, I mean, you know. Oh, I would love I'll to. I'll tell you I this. I stink at it. If your son marries somebody as wonderful as Hazel May, Say that's. It. There you go. There She's you go. She's lucky that to is... have me. Like, yeah, you know what, guys? I'm really devastated because I played. The, the the bet of if the if the Jays lose and you know I'd make some money and then I was sitting there and I'm at the bar with all my friends and I'm like you know what I'll cash out my measly ten dollar uh, bet for eleven bucks and yeah it could have been a lot more at the plus minus plus well don't worry you'll but, you'll feel better about it you'll feel you'll feel a better human being about it the more you think about it thanks for the call. Austin Matthews did throw out the first pitch. You're such a bad human. I'm not a bad human. For even saying that. Not a bad human. I mean, <laughs> you are. It's, come on, it's a gimme. When a, when, a, when Austin Matthews, when a Leaf throws out a first pitch, it's a gimme. It's in the wheelhouse. Yeah. Anyhow. <laughs>
10-9. Baseball is done in Toronto for this year. The Mariners and their stinking fans appear to have left the uh, <laughs> the stadium. Good for them. They got to enjoy it. Eh, you know, it was eight to one, Jeff. Starting the sixth inning on the uh, road. Credit credit him for hanging around. Yeah, eight one year in one year in the eight one year in the other city. They hung around. Well, expensive tickets. Yeah. Well, there you go. Get your money's worth. Uh, we just got a couple of minutes left before we wrap this up. I want to thank a ton of people. I'm gonna I'm gonna forget people. I want to thank. Uh, I've already mentioned Blake and Julia and Show uh, Brent Gunning, people who filled in during the year. Tom Young, of course, who stays around in the press box after the game and uh, makes sure that everything works. Show Alley, uh, who when he isn't hosting the show, produces the show, puts a long a, a lot of long hours in. And, um, I mean, I'm missing, I think I mentioned Andrew Holland and Bretzky and any of the board ops. I'm going to forget. I'm going to forget all these guys. Uh, mostly the fans. Though, I was going to say, mostly, though, we want to thank you, the fans, for uh, hanging in with us, for making our jobs a lot of fun, for having the passion you have for this particular baseball team. And I know that it hurts like hell right now. And I know that a lot of you, it's going to be hard to watch the rest of the postseason. You know, there's got a couple of Canadian kids. you got Cal Quantrill and Josh Naylor. They're mm-hmm. still in it with the Guardians. Of course, Alex Anthopoulos and the Braves are still in it. Why are you laughing? Yeah, I'm just laughing because <laughs> I didn't think I'd be talking about Alex Anthopoulos after. Uh. But anyhow, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and hey, you know. The Leafs are starting soon. So what what could go wrong? Yeah. The Leafs are starting soon. All kidding aside, thanks so much for spending your time with us. Uh, we never take it for granted. We never take your listenership for granted. We never take your loyalty for granted. We never take your opinions for granted. Without you or nothing. Exactly. Well, without me. But, I mean, without no, without the rest of you. That's true. Without you, the rest you of you, we're nothing. What can I say? It sucks. It hurts. None of us saw this coming. Certainly didn't see it coming in the fifth inning. But this is the reality we're faced with. Lots of off-season decisions. Who's the manager? Who do you bring back? Where do you find more pitching? Where the hell do you find that left-handed bat oh, you need? Bats. I mean, there are a ton, a ton of questions facing this team. And you know what? Blue Jays talk is done for the year, but Blair and Barker, we're still on the air during the postseason. We'll be doing our podcasts during the offseason. And the best thing about baseball, the very best thing about baseball, is you've got spring training coming up, and we can, be, we can all be optimistic again when the spring rolls around. So from all of us here at the Rogers Center, thanks for hanging in with us. Thanks for listening. Keep being a fan. Thanks for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, served up by the always game-ready Jack Link's Meat Snacks. Feed your wild side baseball fans.